Welcome to So Sorry for Your Loss. This is not your average grief group. I'm Gianna DiMedio. Thanks for joining me as we normalize the conversation around grief with the stories of those who've gone through it, a whole lot of humor, and a pinch of celebrity and entertainment news. Because fun fact, they grieve too. There's more to grief than that godforsaken dove flying over a willow tree on a sympathy card. I know you've seen it and know what I mean. Let's change the way society looks at it. Visit ssfylpodcast.com for more. Hey, welcome back. Let's start with a quick story. A few years ago, I had someone slide into my DMs. That's right. It's not going to be that type of story, though. Don't worry. It was a girl who had been following me and my journey and everything that I've been talking about losing my dad. And she said, listen, I just lost my mom and I'm about to lose my dad and I can't go through this again. I don't know what to do. I'm freaking out. I need your help. And I can't tell you how flattering that was to me to have somebody ask me for help like that. And since then, so many of you have, and I've been so grateful to be in that position. But with this girl, her name is Amanda. She lived locally to me. We were able to meet up at a local coffee shop, and we really started a great relationship of supporting each other through our losses. She did go on to lose her dad just after her wedding, and she had some really heartbreaking but touching moments with him at her wedding so that's what we're going to talk about today losing both of your parents before the age of 30 I mean it's just unthinkable that that can actually happen and I'm sure there are some of you listening that have had it happen to you you probably feel like you're the only one in the world and I promise you that you're not so Amanda today brings a ton of grace to the topic a ton of humor which you know we love here it's so sorry for your loss and my god a ton of surprises i mean the amount of information that she found out after her parents passed is insane i thought i had a lot of crazy things come out from under the rocks but wow and again she just handles it with such grace it's amazing so without further ado here's today's episode tell me a little bit about yourself and i guess anything as it would pertain to like your grief journey like how old you were when you lost your parents because you've lost both at this point which is insane you're so young for that to happen to not that i need to tell you i kind of hate what people say that to me they're like oh you're so young but it's true i mean for one is one thing for both is is unheard of i mean the only way to describe it and it's obviously known it's life altering my life has changed completely i feel like each decade i just turned 30 i'll be 31 in june each decade has been so different i lost my mom when i was 25 really suddenly but tragically she had a substance abuse problem and it just took over her life and basically she fell asleep one night and didn't wake up the next morning and my dad found her on the couch i was in new york for work. So I got the phone call. Actually, I was with my cousin. I used to work for her. Um, She got the phone call. We made it home. She told me after we got off Amtrak, bless her soul, because I threw a fit. I don't think, I still don't handle grief well. I don't handle emotions well. So for me not to be in public and find out, I was happy that she held it from me. Mm -hmm. I know that it was hard for her. That was her godmother, but um, she did. And I'm thankful. And then I guess it was four years later, almost five, I lost my dad. Because of my mom's addiction, we went through a really hard time financially for a while. And Mm -hmm. my dad was a transplant recipient. So he was on all of this medication to make sure his organs were working well. So he got his transplant at Jefferson, but my family, both my parents were funneling money into my mom's 
recreational activities. Mm. And so he stopped taking his rejection medicine. It put him back on dialysis. While going through dialysis, he simultaneously went into liver failure. So he passed away back in, he passed away March 1st of last year due to liver failure and ammonia overdose, which is uh, a thing your body makes. And usually your livers and kidneys filter it out, but he was unable to. Mm-hmm. So lost both of my parents. And yeah, writing two eulogies before you turn 30 is a wild yeah. thing to do. I'm an only child. I actually, when my dad passed away, found out I have a brother. And I met him at my dad's funeral. Get out. I just yeah. got chills all over my body. He's wonderful. I kind of knew about him when I was younger, but my parents never addressed this situation with me. So I met him at the funeral and we've been unable to get together, obviously, because of COVID and everything going on, but we're kind of creating this relationship and it's Was this from one of your parents or from both of your parents together? From my dad. So both of my parents, I found out, were married before each other. I didn't know this about either of them. Um, But my mom was married. Isn't it wild the things that you find out, like, as you get older? Well, they had, like, these whole lives before me. And now I realize because, and I'm sure you know this, your parent now, there's things that you're not going to tell your children it's not necessary or you're like that's a different part of my life or whatever but both of my parents had these life altering and changing moments being married having children yeah all of these crazy things and never told me right <laughs> so i feel like i don't know i truly don't know either of my parents yeah did and you the find life this lived- out when they were alive or after they passed because that's something that i struggle with the amount of things that i found out after my dad passed and i'm like what is actually going on like where was this information before or wanting to ask so many questions and then not having the opportunity to was there a lot that you found out that you were kind of surprised about not as life-altering as having a sibling but certainly (laughs) some information yeah yeah and it's hard because who do you go to yeah like who can you ask besides the source itself and if they're not here you're not going to ever know the real truth yeah but um i found out about him I guess when I was 18, but my parents obviously played it off to their narrative and however they wanted it to come across. But then I Facebook messaged him. I found him online when my dad passed and he came to the funeral. He brought his family. He has a wife and a son, I guess. And if that's, I'm not sure like the narrative of that, but he is wonderful. He really is. He's such a sweet person. And I really hope I, I don't know what the relationship will be, but I hope right. we can create one once we're able to get together. And Does he seem to um, share similar feelings with you about that? Um, Yeah, he's, I don't know how we're related because he really truly is the kindest human being. <laughs> he is. And like, we haven't dove too deep into things, but we've had to deal with some stuff, especially because our dad did pass and different stuff. And he handles everything with such grace and kindness that, I mean, I hope I'm like him and I don't know what he thinks of me, but I hope that one day he can kind of feel similar. I guess. Is it something that makes you feel a little closer to your dad? I'm sure there's that confusion and that that disappointment with your dad and that you didn't have the, that ability to talk with him about it. But here it's this link of something that, you know, as an only child, I, I feel the same way that like I don't really have another sibling to connect with over my parents. But now there's this person or did they not really have much of a relationship? They didn't have much of a relationship after mm-hmm. um, his childhood, and I don't know. I 
I feel like a lot of people find out things about their parents and they're excited to learn more. Mm -hmm. But the more I find out about my parents, I feel so much resentment. Yeah. And I feel, I don't know, like I don't know them. And again, I know there's going to be things that you don't know. There's a whole world that I'm going to hide from my children. So they think highly of me because I had a rough couple of years when in between losses and dealing with everything. But the things they held back and I don't know, like, it makes me view them so much differently. And I know that there comes a point where you just have to accept it. They're gone. Yeah. And move forward. But I'm so angry with both of them. I love yeah. them. I'm yeah. so angry with both of my parents. I totally get that. And I am sure that is something that a lot of the listeners will be able to uh, share as well. I mean, that's one of the biggest things I think in losing somebody at a time of their life, a previous guest I had on talks about it uh, like a full life cycle. When you lose somebody in their 80s, 90s, what have you, they've completed their life cycle. But when you mm-hmm. lose somebody early on like this, a, you know, a parent to somebody who's in their 20s and 30s, that's not necessarily the time that you think that somebody is supposed to go. Right. And when that happens, there are so many things. I look at it as so many chapters of a book that aren't able to be completed. And that is something that I think should be highlighted about this type of grief is the anger that people can have because of not getting to, uh, you know, fully, I don't know how I want to say this, but to, to, to put a nice little bow on, on some of the issues in, in your life with that person. Finish it out because I feel like you go through so many relationships with your parents, like they're your caregiver when you're so young and then you know, they're your mentor at one point. And then, I mean, I guess, especially for females and the moms, I don't know what your relationship, but you will always have that headbutting phase mm-hmm. through high school. That's oh, just of like, course. how are we going to make it out the other end? Uh-huh. And then, you know, I look at all of my girlfriends and family members and stuff, and now they're like friends with their parents. Mm-hmm. And they have like that buddy, buddy, like we both made it out the other end. We now can connect on work and life and homes and different stuff like that, that they yeah. get to have this relationship with. And I'm angry that I'm never going to have that. Yeah. And I, I was never close with my mom after probably high school. We lived together and my parents never divorced or anything. But because of some of the life choices she made, I I think I grieved the loss of my mom years before she passed. I did for my dad too, but I really? knew he was passing. Oh, yeah. I would go on dates with people and they would ask about my parents and I'd be like, I don't have a mom. And when you're on a first date out drunk, no one's going to be like, so tell me why. Like, they don't want to dive into that. They're like, oh, you want another shot? So (laughs) I I would just do it because it's so much easier than being like, well, right. You know, this is my life. It's really messed up and I'm not a product of it. So don't judge me off of my parents' choices. But I guess I have to tell you. And so how did that factor in then when she did pass? Ugh. The grieving that you feel that you already did. I mean, she was a sudden death, which I say is a special sort of fucked up. And that's just a misery that I hope no one ever knows. Um, and I know that you and I had talked about it prior to your dad passing. You were saying like, I can't go through that again. And I said, but it's yeah. different when, you know, you knew your dad was sick and you knew that uh, that unfortunately was coming. It's it's not easier. It's just different. It's so different. And I grieved both of my parents in such different ways mm-hmm. because my I said I was angry at both of them. I'm angry at my dad for different things, but I still feel so much compassion towards him. He suffered so much. 
he did so much to try and keep our family together. And I mean, he really sacrificed a lot, but my mom made these choices, which my dad enabled, but my mom willingly made these choices. And I know addiction's a disease. I know if people listen to this and feel otherwise, they're going to come for me, but I think it's a choice. Mm. And I have so much heart for other people who have family members going through addiction, but in my personal experience, I just, I would beg my mom, like, if you loved me, you would stop. Mm -hmm. If you loved our family, like you wouldn't put us through this. And it's not fair because I have such a double standard because if, you know, we got coffee and you were like, oh, my dad passed away from substance abuse. My heart would break for you. Right. My heart breaks for anyone who has to deal with this. But in my own situation. I'm like, my mom made this choice. She chose other things over me and her family. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel. And it's not fair. And, and I think that's a I fair way to put it. Know. I mean, you're not making a blanket statement that everybody that goes through it, it's a choice. You're saying based on your personal experience with your mom, that is how you feel about it. I'm well aware it's a disease. Yeah. I'm well aware it's a struggle in the world. Addiction is an awful thing, but I will never, I don't know. I'm it's been almost five years. It'll be five years in May. I hope one day I can forgive her, but I right now I can't. Yeah. And, and I think that's fair to say too. I think that's fair to say. I think there's there were a lot of things that I felt I couldn't forgive my dad about. And there's a lot of work that goes into it. And I think that's part of it when you don't get to have that closure with somebody about an issue that you had with them. So for you being your mom's addiction. So of course you're going to feel that anger and not be able to forgive her but I hope that is something that you get to at some point you know if you choose and if you want to because it's your right to stay angry if you want I definitely want to I mean I don't want to go through life like this and yeah she's not here to defend herself anymore and it's choices that she made and it's done and regardless of the choices I know she loved me I grew up in a I had a wonderful childhood I mean up until the point I turned 18 my life we weren't like so well off or anything, but I never won it for anything. Yeah. Both of my parents loved me. I saw what a loving relationship looked like. I'm very fortunate in a lot of ways. So I have to be thankful for the way that they raised me. And that's really good that you can still acknowledge that though. You know, that the yeah. anger that you have doesn't take over that or doesn't make you blind to that. So it's right. it's good that you can because I think you could go crazy if you if you pretend that you don't have any good memories. Oh, most of my life. I mean, 18 yeah. years of it. Wonderful. I mean, my mom would work two jobs just so we could go to Disney. And I saw a juicy jumpsuit. And that night it was home. And I wasn't bratty about it saying I want it. But if I was like, oh, I like this. My mom got it. She like wanted to make me happy. She wanted to make our family happy. And I just immediately flash back to like 2003 when you said that. The juicy jumpsuit. They're coming back and I'm so excited. <laughs> I kind of am here for that because I feel like they're so comfortable and like the bright colors are coming back in style. Mm -hmm. I would, I yeah. Got I got me juicy, the velour track pants, but they were like jogger version for Christmas a couple years back. And I think it was before we were married. And I'm like, you are it. You are the one. <laughs> he knew. He knew. Yeah. You mentioned a little bit, and we don't have to get into this if you don't want, but if you want to share, you you mentioned the way that you grieved in between your parents' deaths. And because you did share that with me in private about how things got a oh. little crazy and then you recognized that it wasn't the best way to go. And if you're willing to, would you share a little bit of that journey with us? Yeah, I was a nutcase. I'm very open about it. I lost it. If I, did, I don't know how else to put it. Um, 
I lost my mind. Mm-hmm. I was drinking. I mean, both my parents had substance issues. My dad was alcohol. My mom was a plethora of other things. So I'm not immune to the fact that I probably inherited some of it either mm-hmm. by nature or anything, but I was a drinker. I mean, I would hang. The citywide special in Philadelphia on <laughs> Sips Night was my thing. <laughs> I would just order like 10 PBRs, Jameson. I would go on dates with people and I would be out with my friends. And I have a cousin who's close in age to me and he, all his friends would come out. We actually went to college together and his friends would be like, uh, we have to this take care of This girl is drinking us like, under the table. <laughs> right. And I was like, no, I am fine. Mm-hmm. And I would Irish exit everywhere I went. So no one knew where I was. I would lock people out of my apartment. I mean, I lost a lot of friends during this. And I'm so fortunate that a lot of them did come back. But mm. there was a period of time where everyone's like, it was right after my mom's funeral. And I'm looking at it and I know it was me. It's not them. But everyone stopped talking to me, like a mm. good core group of friends. And it was hard. Yeah. And I think that was kind of a reality check for me. But it was my own actions that did it. And now we're still close, I think, that they saw. But. I've never dealt with grief. I mean, I lost my grandparents and things like that, but losing my mom, how I did, when I did, in the situation that I did, um, it was just a lot and I didn't know how to handle it. And I mean, I was a shit show is the only way to put it. But I feel like I came out of it just because, especially meeting Greg, who has gone through his own journey with grief and losing people very close to him. He was like, you just have to deal with it yeah, and not saying get over it. He, he wasn't one of those people that are like, they died, they're gone. But he was like, it happened whether you wanted to or not. You can't change it. So you can only right. react to it. Right. And so I had to like look myself in the face and be like, I can't numb the pain. I can't do that anymore. I think that's really commendable that you were able to do that. And I want to give you a lot of praise for that because I, I don't think – a lot of people are able to do that. Um, so it was nice to have that self-reflection that you did and you were able to get those relationships back with your friends. You were able to go on and have a successful marriage. You know, you're you're married now. Um, and I want to move into talking about Greg, your husband, because I know that he shared, like you just said, shares experiences with loss as well. You told me a hilarious story about when you guys first met and I would love for you to, t- to tell that story. He really is, and this story will prove it, the most wonderful person. And I truly believe, like, I've had a lot of issues with faith. I went to Catholic school my whole life. But Mm -hmm. the moment that Greg came into my life, and we did have a little split for a while. But when we got back together and I knew he was the one, I truly in that moment believe God sent this man to me to get me through whatever I was dealing with. I feel that way about my husband, too. I get it. He... And it was like, I mean, I don't know when you guys met, but it was just like the most perfect timing that life could have hit me with. My, our timeline is we started dating a year before my dad passed away, but I moved in with him on Saturday and I got the call about my dad on Wednesday. So there is something in the back of my mind that says, God said, okay, she's safe now. Like she's in good hands to be able to handle this. Yeah. And it was just, you know, not how we thought we were going to start our lives together, but it, you know, we made it through. And it brought you how much closer? Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Because he went through something similar too, right? Yeah. Yeah. His mom then passed away um, a year and a half later. So it was a lot all at one time. But um, so tell me about your, your first date with your husband when you guys realized that you had this in common, unfortunately. We met through a mutual friend. We put a date night aside a couple weeks into knowing each other. And I just got a puppy a few weeks prior and I took her to work with me knowing that I was going to be out all night. So I didn't want her in a crate all day. While at work, she ate something. And then on the way home, she starts projectile vomiting all over me. Greg's coming over in like 45 minutes. I throw up in my hair, on my face, like down my shirt. So I call him and I'm like, listen, I can't hang out with you tonight. My dog's sick. And he's like, oh, the dog ate my homework trick. Like, no, (laughs) we're going on a date tonight. We both put this aside. And I said, like, I'm not making this up. I truly can't. You can come over if you want. I'm not my best self right now, but feel free to come over. So we brought a bottle of wine. We finally made the decision after she was really suffering to take her to Penn Vet. It was like nine o'clock at this point at night. And um, we sat there for like six hours. And when you're in Penn Vet, just sitting, I was like, please leave. I'm so embarrassed that we're even doing this. And he wanted to stay and I really commend him for that. But we were talking and then of course we get to the point where he's like, so what about your parents? Well, I'm an only child, this, that, and the other thing. My dad's great, my mom passed away, blah, blah, blah. And I was so embarrassed because then people ask, how did she pass away? No one just breezes over it. Right. And I also hate when people say, I'm so sorry. I say it, so this is one of those other double-edged swords. I say it to everyone, so it's not the wrong thing to say. Right. I'm just so awkward in life. I'm so awkward that I don't know what to say back. Like, oh, it's okay. When I was in my drinking phase, I'd be like, well, you didn't kill her. Why are you sorry? And then everyone's like, <laughs> panic. And I'm like, I know that was the wrong thing to say. I just don't know what else. I don't know how to do this. I like still don't know how to do this. But yeah, oh, my mom passed away and he asked how and I just brushed over. I said she was sick. Her actual diagnosis was ketoacidosis, which okay. is um uh, for or a situation that happens due to diabetes, but it was because of her, whatever. Um, and then I was like, well, what about your parents? And he was like, both of my parents passed too. And I was like, that's great. And I shot up out of my seat. I like yelled and he looked at me and was like, that's great. And I was like, yes, this is wonderful. Looking back, I mean, I know we got married and I know this like worked out, but I really need to contain certain things. But I, so I think that's so like, that's what makes you so unapologetically you. I need to start apologizing for it. Though, no. Looking back, it was a perfect moment because that really bonded us. But I just, it's so hard. I, that's why I reached out to you. I met you on Instagram and you're so open about losing your dad. If people don't go through it, they don't know. Like yep. I would never give you parenting advice or pretend I know what you're going through. I don't have children. Yeah. I can sit there and I can listen and I can maybe be a voice of reason if you ask, but I would never give advice. So it's right. really hard to go and connect with people who aren't going through what you're going through. So it's you interesting don't... that you say that because it, both of those things, parenthood and grief, I'm learning are like this club that it's like as soon as it happens to you, you get handed this key to this door and there's a whole world behind it that you knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's, it's true. I mean, before I would never be able to know what to say to somebody who lost a parent or other than I'm just, I'm really sorry. I'm, so I'm really sorry. sorry. Yeah. But yep. it, it, it is. And that's, you know, I'm, I will always be thankful for that day that you reached out to me and for the time that we met up because it's so nice to just sit with somebody that understands or that you can say things that 
may come off differently. Like to you to tell that story that you said, that's great to your husband, you know, is wild. And people could be like, what the hell? But I get it because you were probably just so happy to be in the presence of somebody and that that got it and that would get you. And it took all this pressure off of dating. Yeah, it took so much pressure off of it. And I think one thing that really solidified our relationship was from the start I was allowed to be myself because that was Mm -hmm. our first real date I mean we've hung out a few times prior but that was our first real date and ever since that point like besides like the makeup and different stuff in the beginning because you always want to look your best there was never a time where I had to be someone different for Greg he really got to see me at really low points and he loved me throughout the entire thing there was never a wavering moment in Greg's eyes that this was too much for him or, and I still, I mean, I suffer greatly with loss to this day. I can't watch certain movies like Cobra Kai just came out. And I know this is like the dumbest thing in the world, but my dad loved Karate Kid. My dad loved that and Back to the Future were like his thing. So Cobra Kai is a series that continued from Karate Kid. Yeah, on Netflix. And I cried the entire second season. I love the show. Sobbed like a baby and Greg just, got it and he doesn't offer to try and fix this situation because sometimes you just want someone to listen yeah a lot of times people want to jump in and fix it and be like well let's do this this will make you happy yeah here's some advice and sometimes you really just need someone to be like it's okay yeah because sometimes that's a that's a healing thing you need to be able to lean into those things Mm -hmm. to help you on your healing journey you know one of the things i always say is you cannot hide from grief So just turning off the TV and being like, I'm not going to face that right now. Like, okay, well, it would get you another time. Yeah. So it's, it's good that you're able to do that. And it's amazing that you have a partner to support you in that. So obviously you already mentioned the spoiler alert, you guys did go on and get married. We did. So tell us about the, the wedding planning process there while you were grieving your mom at this time. And then knowing that your dad's health was failing. I mean, how did that factor into any of your wedding plans or, or what was the whole process like for you? Well, we got married twice. We had a small intimate wedding on May 18th. You're like a celebrity. You had like a secret wedding. I felt so hip. And the whole thing was we weren't going to wear our wedding bands. Like I would continue to wear my engagement ring, but Greg and I weren't going to. And mm-hmm. the second we exchanged vows and put them on, I was like, don't take it off. You're married now. I want people to know you're married. I'm wearing my band. I got a second one for our other wedding all the time. Like we're doing it. So Greg proposed to me on March 1st. And since I met him, my whole thing was I wanted to have a secret wedding where as we would have an engagement party. And then while everyone is there, either be like, oh, we went to the courthouse this morning. This is just a party. Or since we're all here, let's just do it right now and have someone officiate Oh, wow. Okay. But then... My mom was already passed. My dad was sick during this process and Greg proposed on March 1st. I called my dad and it was the only day he was home from the hospital for eight months. Uh, He like started crying and he was like, I get to see you walk down an aisle. Like that's uh, all I wanted. So I hung up my FaceTime and I looked at Greg and I said, let's pull up some venues. We're doing this now. No, no. He was like, wait, I proposed because you didn't want a wedding. Like, joking around he was like we, we're not <laughs> doing this we're like we were gonna have this extravagant honeymoon put all of our money into that like and i said nope we drove down the coast of california we started in la ended up in san diego driving down in a convertible on the coast looking at beautiful beaches i'm like scrolling that's to one see- of my favorite places in the world by the way that like southern california coast amazing 
I loved it. I would move to like La Jolla in a heartbeat. Uh huh. I'll see back. you there. Yes. <laughs> Roommates. <laughs> I dream. But um, I was just looking for venues in California nonstop. And I knew from that point, like, this was going to be a disaster. So, so you really changed your whole view of what you wanted. Everything. Wow. Everything. I went dress shopping the day I got home. Oh, my gosh. I booked the first venue I saw. We got married at Terrain out in Devon. Mm-hmm. It was immaculate, though. So if anyone listening needs a venue. It was beautiful. Terrain. Your pictures were gorgeous. Thank you. But yeah. I for venues. I did everything. I booked it. And then my dad, I had to sit down with palliative care at the hospital. And they said, your dad's not making it to November 1st. We got Ugh. So it was going to be March 1st. We got engaged. November 1st was our wedding date. So that's already a short mm-hmm. amount of time to get married. So I was like, great. We booked a wedding in a church, just me, my dad, Greg, a priest, and then my cousin and her husband were going to be our witnesses. And then the hospital called and they're like, he's not making it to June. So I was oh like, my God. I called the priest. He's a family friend of ours. And I was like, what is the next available day you have? And he said May 5th or 18th. And that was our engagement party. So Greg and I got up, got dressed, went to our wedding. My dad was unable to walk down the aisle. So he met, like we walked like three pews, basically. Mm-hmm. We had a very short wedding. It was wonderful. Mm. It was the two of us. I loved it. We went to the cemetery. We were going to go out to lunch, but my dad just couldn't make it. So we went to the cemetery to see my mom. Greg and I brought a bottle of champagne for lunch. So we all had, this sounds like the most redneck thing I've ever done. Liquid lunch. I love it. We had, (laughs) it gets better. We had champagne in a cemetery and then Greg and I went to Bonefish Grill. We had a (laughs) shot of tequila in lunch because I still love tequila, even though I'm out of my crazy phase. Um, (laughs) We went home, got changed, took off our wedding bands and went to our engagement party. And, and did you tell people at the engagement party? Uh, my family knew. We told Greg's at the end because I was like, we can't tell anyone. It's a secret. It's just our thing. But then when I realized most of my family knew, I'm like, why wouldn't we just? He, it's my family now, too. Yeah. And there's the most. Greg's family, I couldn't have asked for a better one. Their entire family showed up to my dad's funeral. And he's Aww. an only child. So it was all of his aunts, uncles, and cousins. It's different when Greg accepts me and he opened his arms but right. his whole family opened his arm their arms yeah. to me and it was awesome that's so wonderful I have a it similar was- situation with my husband's family and I say I will love them for that for always when they opened their arms to me in the times that I needed it most and yeah. it really is a, a bonding experience and it's not awkward or for it wasn't forced mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. just I needed that that's extra life and it's they were life there. and yeah. they supported you through it yeah Nice. So it seems like you kind of took this like route around everything, but then you came back to exactly what you had always wanted, having this secret wedding the day of your engagement party. Yeah, it it kind of worked out. I never thought of it like that. It did. And we ended up getting married. We still planned our wedding for November 1st, and my dad got to be there. It was a disaster of a day, but he was there. I tried to cancel it while I was at the venue. Oh my God. We did a first look. We were taking pictures and I just kept looking around and I said, where's my dad? Where's my dad? They broke him out of, he was in a a facility for care. They broke him out. They Mm -hmm. got him dressed. He was supposed to be there and no one's there. And then my aunt walks in and she just looked at me and I'm like, I know. Did your heart just drop? I just got chills all over. I like, I almost threw up 
I truly, if I ate that day, I probably would have, honestly. And they were like, it's okay, but he fell. Mm. So I was like, great. I look out the window. There are ambulances. Oh, my gosh. Policemen. There's a fire truck. (laughs) First off, Matt Terrain, it's like such an intimate venue. There was only 55 people invited to our wedding to begin with. Everyone's there. Oh, my gosh. With my dad, how I wanted to do it. I weren't, wasn't able to get pictures with him. I'm like, this is it. We're already married. I don't need this. Tell everyone to go home. I don't care if I lose the money. Just, I don't want to do this. Like, oh my please gosh. call it off. Yeah. I couldn't, because I couldn't even go out to see him on the ground because my whole, everyone was there. Yeah. Like the entire guest list was already there, almost seated. Like it was a disaster. So everyone who worked at Terrain saw me, and this was the only fit I threw. I thought I was a very mellow bride. I did everything on my own. Like I didn't have a wedding planner. Mm-hmm. I thought I was pretty chill, no bridezilla, but I don't know. Um, but then they saw me like throw this fit. So they were like, well, we've got you. They brought my dad inside, put him on a chair. Um, terrain is all glass on one side. So all the girls who work there got blankets because they have them for like when you're outside and stuff. Uh-huh. And held them up to block the, your we guests. We out all the windows. Wow. And, I got to sleep and then we did like our first look. Oh, sorry. Um, we did our first look and it was like, I mean, there's pictures that I can't post because they're hideous. I'm just Kim Kardashian ugly crying in them. <laughs> I'm like losing my mind. He's sobbing. Greg's crying. Oh my goodness. That's so nice to have that experience though. I mean, obviously it sounds like it was a stressful day times 10, but do you look back on that moment and can you feel some happiness about it? I can, but also looking at him, like looking at his, into his eyes at that moment, that in our father daughter dance, I knew this was like one of our last happy moments together. Mm-hmm. So that was like, that was really hard for me. Yeah. I, I knew at the end of this, this was like, I mean, I was shocked he was even at our wedding, especially when people are telling you, oh, two months, three months, six months to yeah. live. Like, what is the last time? Because yeah. there's no real answer in medicine. Medicine's not math. You can't yeah. always get the right answer. So they keep telling you different things and then you get your hopes up because you're like, oh, he beat that three month. Yeah. You know? timeline he beat that six month thing but then finally it's like we went through that with my husband's mom it's tough it's tough yeah. I mean you're, you're in this constant state of preparing for the last yeah and you never know what it's going to be mm-hmm. so that's I think that's a really difficult part talking about weddings today I want to take a quick second to talk about rent the runway I am such an avid fan of rent the runway I've used the service for almost 10 years now and I became an unlimited member in 2016 and have never turned back Aside from the 700 designers to choose from, Rent the Runway also offers free shipping and dry cleaning, a huge savings right there alone, exclusive discounts, and you can pause or cancel at any time. They have several different plans to fit your needs. And right now for you, my very valued listener, they're offering 40% off the first two months of the eight or 16 item plan. This is perfect for weddings, whether you're the bride or the guest at multiple a year, check out Rent the Runway for so many different styles that you can wear to all of these events use code rtrgiana that's r-t-r-g-i-a-n-n-a for 40 percent off your first two months of the eight or 16 item plan happy shopping and tag me in your new looks the photo you mentioned the father-daughter dance i mean the photo of that is just 
stunning. And I mean, if you allow me, I would love to be able to post that to the show notes of this to be able to show the listeners because it's just such a special moment, especially after knowing all the details of that day and the craziness of everything that went on and your dad falling. And for you guys to still have that moment to be able to have a father-daughter dance is just, it's breathtaking. It was so special. I mean, we did the same thing. It was very private. I know my dad wouldn't have wanted everyone in there. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have been able to walk to the dance floor in the beginning. So it just was a moment between the two of us. Greg was inside as well. Um, and they put everyone outside and they locked the door so no one could even come in. And my photographer was in there too. Um, but we had a father-daughter dance. I don't know the song. I didn't pick it out because I didn't think we were going to get one. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know what we danced to, but we had a moment. Everyone in the room, cry- my DJ was crying. I mean, oh. it was like a thing. And then right afterwards he left. My dad like didn't make it through yeah. the rest of it. But I mean, he was there for the important parts. And I have all these pictures. It's so funny. My dad is, he wasn't able to walk down the aisle. I walked down the aisle myself and my dad met me at the end and I hugged him and he handed me off. But there's all these pictures of my dad at the end of the aisle, like, <laughs> cell phone up taking pictures and I'm like he can't even see a phone what are you taking photos of (laughs) you can't even see the screen on your phone like (laughs) I don't even know if I'm in these pictures he was just so excited that's so cute He he was so cute and then um yeah so it was a disaster and I loved every moment of my wedding beautiful disaster it sounds like uh yeah a beautiful mess I would have done so many things different I feel like because we were already married, I didn't look at it as a wedding. And I look back and I feel like I didn't give Greg the moment that he deserves either in it all. How so? Because he lost people too. I'm not the yeah. only one grieving. And I really made this all about me. And I didn't even want a wedding. But then I was like, we have to do this. We have to do this. We have two weddings now. We're doing this. We're doing that. Mm-hmm. And like, I look back and I didn't even acknowledge at the time that like his parents weren't there. So I was going to ask you about that. Were there elements that you had that you honored your mom or Greg's parents? No. Mm. I, and I went like looking back, I like had all these ideas for gifts for him and stuff. And I wanted to honor his grandmom too. He was really close with his grandmother and Mm -hmm. I didn't do any of it. And it, but it didn't even cross my mind at the time. It's not like I thought about it and I was like, I'm not going to do it because it's all about It's a whirlwind in itself. Wedding planning is a, is a whirlwind and then trying to incorporate, there's so many options, you know, it's like a menu yeah. that's like a thousand items long of all these things that you can do and trying to make sure what's right for you, what's right for your guests, you know, what's the priority here? Who am I trying to please? Myself, my husband, my guests, you know, the venue, whatever. So I wouldn't fault yourself for thinking that. I mean, was he happy? Did he enjoy the wedding day? I think so. Yeah. And you have a whole lifetime to be able to help him honor his parents in other ways, so... Well, I keep telling him we're just going to do it again because we already had two. It's like a <laughs> keep going, do it annually. <laughs> I might honestly, I had a great time. Everyone complains <laughs> about wedding planning, and though it is stressful, I loved it. I want to talk about celebrities honoring their parents in weddings, and then I want to talk to you kind of as a closing in what your lessons you have and best practices for grief overall. I don't know if you are you a Law and Order fan? Dun dun. So I watch SVU occasionally, but yeah. I'm not like a. Div- devoted fan I feel like everybody in America is is on that same wavelength like you've seen it you've watched it when it's on but you don't need to keep up with all of the episodes but anyway I was shocked to see that it's even still going I thought it ended years ago but it did not no I think there's 
they just started refilming, right? Exactly. So they just started the new season with Mariska Haggerty. She's back in action. Badass bitch she is. So she got married. Uh, I, I don't know who that. Who is that in the show? Mariska Haggerty. She's the. Gosh, I don't even know what her name, her character, Liv. She's the the short hair. Um, oh, Olivia like, Benson. Yes, yes. The yes, only yes, reason yes. I know her name is Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift's cat. cat. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. That's the person. Anyway, she got married a few years ago to another actor and uh, she lost her mom when she was three years old and a grandmother was very who she was very close to. So for her wedding, she carried a locket with photos of her mom and her grandmother, which I think is very sweet. sweet. And something that I did, I had a photo of my dad as like a, a bouquet charm. And I stuck it into my bouquet. So it was like he was carrying or he was, you know, walking me down the aisle. And something that I thought was really interesting is my sister-in-law, bless her heart, also got me a similar bouquet charm right? and used the exact same picture. And of all the pictures that I've posted of me and my dad or ones that she's seen over the years, like that's the one that she chose. It just like stuck with me. It was it's him like bear hugging my entire face. And I just felt it was like, oh, that's the picture that he wanted to be portrayed in that day he felt his best in that one yeah um kim kardashian has had multiple weddings at this point getting divorced now maybe there'll be another she famously lost her dad robert kardashian and she had a heart cut out of one of his shirts and sewed it into the inside of her dress to her wedding to Chris Humphreys, the marriage that famously lasted, what was it, like 72 days? Yeah. But there was it was actually chronicled in Keeping Up with the Kardashians where she had like a total meltdown when she went into the closet to pick out a shirt because she it was like that moment where you realized he wasn't going to be at the wedding. You're not going to be at the wedding. Yeah. And then bringing up the rear on this list, we have Harry and Meghan, the Duke and Duchess uh, from the royal family. The ring, Meghan's ring, was made of Diana's diamonds, Princess Diana. Uh, There was a specific hymn at the ceremony that was played at her funeral that they, they chose to incorporate in their wedding. And then Diana's favorite flowers called forget-me-nots which I think is so cute um Harry handpicked them out of the garden to be used in Megan's bouquet so there was a bunch of elements worked into their ceremony and then Megan wore one of Diana's famous aquamarine rings to the reception which it's gorgeous oh I've seen the pictures this enormous hunk of gemstone on her hand but I thought that was really really nice how they incorporated her into it um are there any other celebrity honorings that you know of that you want to no, share? after before we did this, I tried to look some up, but I haven't seen any. And also, I'm so oblivious to other people's grief. Mm. Like, I probably I've been to so many weddings and weddings where people have lost people, and I like don't even notice it. And then they're like, "Oh, did you see the seat up front for their grandmother with the candle on it?" I'm like, "No." And like, that's so interesting <laughs> that you feel that way. I feel like I'm hyper in tune to it. Mm-hmm. Where I, I notice all those things or. I think I like because I, I don't know. I don't want their grief to bring up my grief, I think. Yeah. Okay. I don't Makes want sense. to like if I'm at a happy place and not that I would break down and cry, but I don't want to be in a happy place in a happy moment and see this and then be like, oh, at my wedding, my mom wasn't there mm-hmm. or at my whatever it is, my whoever it is won't be there. Yeah. So speaking of breakdown and crying, because I did this quite often in the years leading up to my wedding, I, you know, and I was in that phase of life where you have literally 10 weddings a year. 
Did you find it difficult going to weddings? Because I certainly did. I mean, every time I had to watch a father walk the daughter down the aisle, I completely lost it. And I would, I found out I had to leave the room during the father-daughter dance. I mean, it would just be a nightmare. Yes and no. I feel like I would be so sad, but in the moment I want to feel like other people's happiness. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think this is a good trait and I don't think this is how you should live, but I'm really good at numbing whatever I need to numb for the moment. Not that I don't deal with it because the more you sweep under the rug, the bigger the pile gets, but like in the moment, I'm just like, this isn't my moment. This isn't whatever, because once I start crying, we're done. There's Mm -hmm. no turning it off. I have to wait until I run out of tears and that could be two minutes. It could be two hours. Yeah. And I, like I said, I cry all the time. I'm happy. I'm sad. I'm tired. I'm hungry. There are certain moments where I know that like, if something starts, we're not going to end. And I don't want to be that person. Mm -hmm. I hate being that person and I'm that person a lot. So I really try when I can reel it in to reel it in. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always work. I'm not, I'm not perfect. I let go a lot. I cry a lot. That's fine. I think that's fine. I think there's no shame in crying. I mean, unless you're crying like because they don't have the right peanut butter at the grocery store, then maybe that's an issue that we'll talk about another time. But I think it's, I think it's fine. I think it's, it's therapeutic and you know, one of the biggest things I say, you got to feel it to heal it. So yeah. you're, you're helping yourself in the process. All right. Before we end, talk to me about your grief overall. What are some lessons that you want to pass on best practices, what not to do for grief? I mean, you talked about, thank you for sharing with us your whole journey with your wild phase and that you realized that wasn't the right thing to do. What are things that you said, Hey, this was the path I should take. This was really helpful for me, or this is something that I do to, to control my grief every now and then. A couple things I found. So I tried to go to therapy. Yes. Good. I've been to a couple, actually, one of the best things that happened to me, one of my girlfriends, when my mom passed away, she said, you know, I would send you flowers, but they're going to die. Why don't I give you a session with my therapist? Like on me. Oh my God. Applause, 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 <laughs> applause. I love that. And that really resonated with me. And this woman actually was great. But I feel like going to therapy is like dating. And I just haven't found the right person yet. I've been to like 10 different therapists. And I have had okay connections with a few. But there's none that I like left. And I was like, this is really great. This is it for me. Like I feel lighter or better or connected Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. whatever you're supposed to feel after therapy. Mm Mm-hmm. Some I've left feeling worse, but I've never felt like I really connected. I'm still on the hunt. If you know any good ones in Philadelphia, send them my way. But I think surrounding yourself with people who can not relate, but like can get it. Because there are some people who are like, oh, don't be sad. They're in a better place or don't be this or don't be that. And I hate that. they don't know any better. So yeah. it's not their fault. But if you And I'm sure I've said that to people before, before I knew how oh. that felt on the other end of it. From now on, I don't give advice or anything to anyone. I sit there and I listen. And if they want my perspective, I will give it. But I was I was in a situation where something happened to me. Greg and I had a miscarriage. And not many people know. So I'm sure when everyone listens, they'll find out. Oh, my gosh. But I have someone in my life who have had a few. And I called her when it happened. She didn't know I was pregnant. And I was like, I'm so sorry for anything I've ever said yeah. to you in life. take back anything because anyone I told I was miscarrying they're like oh well it's so early on you you weren't like that connected or it's okay like you'll get pregnant again or just have some wine or like 
whatever people's advice is. I'm like, I don't want your advice. Yeah. I wasn't, you know. So I think it's good for people who aren't grieving but have someone in their life who is. Just listen. Like people don't always need advice or someone to fix it or to make them feel better. Sometimes people just need to talk. And I think that's such a thing that no one understands. And I'm I do sitting it here too. nodding my head very vigorously because this is all <laughs> on point. Yeah. Just listen. Saying it gets better or they're in a better place or think of the good times. I am, but that doesn't make it better. Mm -hmm. So just listen. I think that will solve a thousand things. And sometimes that's all people need. And I think another thing, like, even if it's not a relationship, find someone like Greg or like Mark, because you just need a strong person. It could be a girlfriend. It could be a significant other it could be your aunt it could be your nail lady I don't care who it is but like it could be a stranger on Instagram that you reached out to and here we are supporting each other two years later <laughs> but I think that I truly think and I don't want to sound like a sappy romantic because I don't think that I am but like I think that I would be in a much different place if I didn't meet Greg yeah he really grief aside he's he grounded me as a person and I didn't realize I was grieving to the level that I was until I met him because I always thought grief was sitting in your bed crying. Mm -hmm. That's not grief. Right. There's so many levels to it. Yeah. Yeah. Grief is anger. Grief is depression. Grief is wanting to go out. So you're not home alone in your own thoughts. You talk about people being functionally depressed or functional alcoholics. It's the same thing. It's functional griever. Mm -hmm. You're out there living your life and people think, oh, you're fine. Look at you. She's out. She's okay. She's having fun. But you're like, you can still be, they're not mutually exclusive. Right. Or like why she said, I saw her out last night. Yeah. Well, I was probably out because I didn't want to be home alone. Right. You know? Right. So it's who you surround yourself with. Find a group. I know there's a group in Philadelphia. Did we talk about this? The dinner? The dinner party? I've talked about it on every episode. My last two people that I interviewed were people that I met through the dinner party. I cannot say enough about it. I think it's a fantastic organization. It's nationwide. I haven't been able to do it because of COVID, but I would love to get involved. We do do it virtually now. Yeah. I don't know. I've tried virtual therapy too. It wasn't for me. I think I need like the in-person interaction to feel connected, you know? I think it's different though. I mean, and I said to a couple people, friends that I've brought into the group as well, and I say, listen, you can say as much as you want. You can share your entire story or you can just sit there and not say a damn word and just listen. And I think that makes people feel more comfortable because there's no pressure. But then the people that have joined have ended up opening up and sharing. Like you just immediately, you just feel like you're among a group of friends who have all gone through it, that, that pressure of what to say, how am I phrasing things? Like, it doesn't matter. You can be as real and raw as you want because there is a 99.9% chance that somebody in that group feels the exact same way that you do. Yeah. I think I have to get better too with talking about it because I feel so awkward. I know if we weren't doing this, like I know you and I know that you've gone through this, but if we were having this conversation, say you did like live podcasts or something, not that I'm cool enough to be on a live podcast, but like, in front of people, I would never open up like I'm opening up to you now. But Why do you think that is? Because I think you were fabulous in the way that you talk about it. You articulate everything so wonderfully. Okay. Like, I feel like you should be out there talking about it more. I would love to. I was talking to one of my girlfriends before we signed on because I was like, I'm so nervous. I hope I do okay. But I would love to get involved with something because I want to be you. 
I felt so comfortable <laughs> messaging you on social media being like, hey, I don't know you, but my mom's dead. My dad's dying. I saw that your dad died. Can we get coffee? And that's mm -hmm. how like this relationship started. And I want someone to like the whole reason I'm doing this and I'm here with you is I want to post about this. I may not post the link because I know my nail, my voice is like nails on a chalkboard and I don't want to curl anyone's blood. It but is not. It is. And I'm okay with it though. Um, but I <laughs> Everybody hates their own voice. It's fine. <laughs> Greg said that he's like, you know, you, and he doesn't hate it. But anytime we're in a video or something, I'm always like my voice. He's like, you know, a podcast is just your voice, right? I'm like, I know, but it's for the <laughs> Or good but yes. I want someone to be able to reach out to me and be like hey I'm going through a really shitty situation yeah. do you have advice and I might not but I might be able to sit there and have coffee with them yeah. I might be able to like go to a yoga class and then walk through Rittenhouse afterwards and well this is a perfect step into the front door of that hopefully if there is somebody listening that has a similar story to Amanda or would like to talk to Amanda about anything yeah. involving grief Shout out, reach out to Amanda and get a plethora of laughs and and listening. Because I won't say advice because we said we don't like giving advice. We like to I'll listen. Give my perspective. Perspective is a really great way to explain that. Yeah. I won't ever give. Well, I try not to. Sometimes with my close friends, I'm like, you can't do this. But I will never <laughs> give my advice on anything. But I, I'll give you my perspective and what it looks like from my view. Yeah. But I never want anyone to look back and be like, well, you told me to do this or start that. That's not, I don't think that's healthy because you need to make your own choices and you need to be proud or stand behind any choices you make. Yeah. Sometimes you might need an outsider's view or something. So yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I just think you're fantastic. I mean, I think you are such a, like a beacon of hope for people to see what you've gone through at such a young age and you're just out there like rocking it and living your life. And I hope that so many people can listen to this and feel like they can do the same, but I love you. I'm so glad that we connected that, you know, whatever it was two years Thank ago. And I'm so happy we can talk about this today. I know anything. I mean, you really were, I don't want to sound so corny, but like a real pillar that got me through wedding planning. Aww. You really got me through hard times because when you don't know anyone who hasn't done it, it looks impossible. Yeah. And then to hear that, like you made it out the other side, you're so happy. It, it went so well. Like it really gave me a lot of faith and a lot of hope that like I could make it out too. Oh, I appreciate you saying that. And I hope that both of us today are doing that for a ton of more people and that there are beautiful weddings for those that are grieving across the country. So thank you so much. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Connect with Amanda on Instagram at Amanda Rotzel, R-O-T-Z-A-L. And as always, connect with me too at So Sorry with Gianna. Like what you heard today, go on to Apple Podcasts, throw five stars on there, give me a review, comment, DM, do whatever you need to do to get a girl's ear. Let me hear what you want to hear on So Sorry for Your Loss. Look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks.